to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. Greetings from Storybrook. I'm Bill Meeks, and I'm really tired because I just got back from RegalCon 2015, but I wanted to go ahead and get these episodes published out uh, for you guys, uh, so I had them done uh, so we can publish them whenever we publish them. Uh, but this is the Heroes and Villains panel from uh, RegalCon 2015. It, w- it was interesting. Like We, I, we were sitting, hanging out with uh, Jeff and Colleen Rooney from uh, Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, uh, me and Liz, uh, one of our listeners, Liz. And uh, we we were going to this uh, first panel of uh, the morning on uh, Saturday morning over at RegalCon, and we we thought, you know, it would just be fun to go and sit and watch the panel. It was called Heroes and Villains, and it was going to be talking about the concepts of heroes and villains on Once Upon a Time. So we we get in there, and uh, the girl running it just was like, hey, can anyone here talk for, like, know their stuff and can talk for, like, 40 minutes about uh, heroes and villains on Once Upon a Time? So me and Jeff both raised our hands, and we were up there, and uh, within a few minutes of uh, the second day of RegalCon starting, I was on a panel. Uh, now, we also have a – we did a live panel there. You might hear some overlap in my points there because I kind of – since I was up there anyway and I knew what I wanted to talk about on our live panel, I figured it would be a good kind of, like, trial run-through for it but i i I hope you enjoyed it was a really good conversation obviously uh some of our predictions might be a little weird because you know we hadn't seen the episode yet but we had a lot of fun doing it uh big thanks to the the, uh woman who was uh running the the panel i forget what her name was but she she was really awesome to talk to and everything so i i I hope you guys enjoy it and uh, we'll see you soon until next time greetings from storybrook question mark yes of course we'll be back i promise to watch that on the Rufusilskin and leather and shiny armor. <laughs> um, so, w- which one would you prefer, heroes or villains? Like, as far as, uh, like, how do you mean? Sorry. Um, would you, I don't know, which one do you find more fascinating, like, backstory-wise. Well, as far as uh, once, definitely the villains. Like, uh, Rumpel, uh, you know, he he was uh, my, my main draw into the show. Yeah. Like, by episode three, I was like, okay, this guy's going places. I need to stick around with him. Mm-hmm. But, but I, no, yeah, I, I think they generally do a better job with the villains, just because they, they have more nuanced origins and everything mm-hmm. like that. You, you know, they, there's usually a justification for why they are the way they are. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I didn't... I wasn't a really big fan of the Snow White... Prince Charming kind of thing with Maleficent. I thought mm-hmm. we kind of already covered that in season two, mm-hmm. season one, season two. <laughs> um, but it's very interesting to see um, Rumple finally getting his happy ending. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. See, I still think it's pretty selfish. I mean, he is kind of doing this. He's like, I don't care about everyone else. I just want what I want. Mm-hmm. So... You have anything you want to put to the table? I'll take the flip side. I think the heroes are fun because I think we put heroes into this kind of sanitized view. And we say heroes are perfect. They never do anything wrong. And we find that even with Emma having all the good and the darkness removed, she still is stealing cars, stealing whatever. If you're hungry (laughs) or not, it's still not right. So I I think it's interesting that heroes aren't as squeaky clean as we initially thought. Yeah. So... 
Yeah, I think you make a really great point, but um, it's been interesting this season, like, bringing in the author saying that they made the villains villains, and they wrote that in, but at the same time, you feel like, no, you did all these horrible things, and mm -hmm. you killed all the townspeople and ripped out their hearts, so it's very, like... It's been a very interesting thing to watch to see that this has all been manipulated. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm finding interesting, one of the, one of the draws for me to show is, um, like Lily said, the last episode um, to Maleficent. Uh, here, I thought you were going to be um, this villain, and you're just this normal person, and. I don't really think there's a dichotomy between heroes and villains. I think we're seeing heroes who do bad things and villains who do good things, and it's the mix mm -hmm. that I'm finding interesting. Yeah, it's very, it's like you see, like, Rumpel at the very, very, everyone's looking at him as a villain, mm -hmm. and then, like, hero, I don't know, to, like, you've seen Snow and Charming kind of go through this lie and dealing with the consequences of it and they're trying to be heroic but at the same time you have everyone in the middle which is kind of like Regina and you know everyone who like is very like I don't know like Snow and Charming are in that kind of area and it's very very interesting to like see how they really like change some of the characters like yeah. kind of their things yeah the, the whole Maleficent's baby thing though it felt a little kind of almost tacked on it it, it felt like it, it I obviously they probably didn't plan for it but it, it, it seemed like there should have been more threading of that throughout the entire series it, it, kind, of, it kind of struck me as odd when they did, made the big revelation about the secret and everything like that I mean it's been interesting and I think uh I don't know if you guys have seen any preview clips, but uh, Snow and Charming uh, and tomorrow's episode are going to be pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just weird that uh, it, it felt a little tacked on. Yeah. But it, it, another thing is is they, they, they're putting so much stuff in the space between, like, uh, you know, Regina starting her thing and the curse. Like, they're fitting putting in so much stuff into the flashback timeline that, mm -hmm. like, there's no room left there. You yeah. couldn't even have, like, I don't know, like, Belle and Rumpel grab lunch or something. There's no space left. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... See, that's not going to happen, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, it's very interesting, though, because, I mean, I wasn't really a fan of Maleficent's backstory because it just mm -hmm. seems so, like out of place it didn't really make any sense and i mean i love all the writers on the show but i mean like there's gonna be that question like oh she laid an egg she has a baby <laughs> that's not how it works it isn't they man they told me wrong in school yeah really <laughs> this isn't like the stars come little diamonds um, it was really interesting though, and I wonder. They said that there would be a dis like it would be overlooked about like Lily's father, but I mean, mm. is there a father like another dragon out there? I don't know. Maybe um, was that oh, what's his name? The big demon guy from earlier in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they seem like they would make a cute couple. Yeah. <laughs> 
I know. Actually, I almost think that they're kind of gunning in, in just having her in Regina's office in uh, that one episode a couple of weeks ago. I almost think they're going to make Maleficent like the new Regina once, you know, this storyline wraps up and everything. I think Regina's finally going to be, okay, yeah, she's definitely a hero. She will always be a hero. No doubts, no questions. She has her happy ending. And then they're going to make Maleficent kind of like the new Regina. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe have her cast another curse or something like that. I yeah. Think that could be fun. I know they another definitely curse. said there's going to be a... Big status quo shakeup uh, right at the end of tomorrow's yeah. episode. So, yeah. and not just the rewriting reality part. Yeah. Um, was anyone else a little surprised about seeing pretty much Queens of Darkness kind of went to Queen of Darkness <laughs> kind of thing? Yeah, yeah you have. A- I like the nickname Spice Girls of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting. Like, Ursula was gone within, like, three weeks, and then mm-hmm. Ruella got killed off. I was like, well, Maleficent, congratulations, you're the final Queen of Darkness. <laughs> um, yeah. I just thought when the episode for Corella came about and we realized, like, what the author wrote about her, I, like, immediately jumped back to that scene where they, all three of them, like, stand out, and they're like, well, he's going to pick, like, the most evil of us. And I thought that was an odd kind of decision. I mean, like, Sharon Maleficent is, like, her title, the mistress of evil, but then it's like, what kind of evil are we talking about? Because Corella herself is, like, there's a little, like, messed up mentality in there, but it's just, like, she can't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. So is that, like... Well, I think, I mean... That in general, knowing that she can't kill anyone, but nobody else knows that, that's like her big bluff right there. That's what she's been using to get through, like, um, darkness on the edge of town. Like, she pointed her little bedazzled gun (laughs) at Rumpel, and she knew she couldn't pull the trigger. It's just been her bluff, and she knew she couldn't kill Henry. It's just been her bluff, and unfortunately, I'm going to decide to push off a cliff. (laughs) That's okay. It happens. It's pretty normal. (laughs) Um, I, I did like how Cruella's uh, origin kind of made made the character from the Disney movie 101 Dalmatians make a lot more sense retroactively. Mm-hmm. That's why she had to get the guys to get, kill the dogs for her, because she, she couldn't kill them. anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think, really, we need to talk about... The whole Zelina thing. Uh, uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and the thing. Yeah, we don't. We don't like her. I love Rebecca Mater. She's a very nice person, but Zelina has got to go. Do, do you think the baby will have green skin and be good with a bow? <laughs> that would be freaking adorable, but I hope not. Um, yeah it's just so crazy how like they have like lined this up for a year they've been waiting to just wait for that moment and then boom she's still here and I mean I've looked back like I paid attention more to season four like early on because I wanted to look at like how Marion was behaving like what was she doing was there anything like that would seem suspicious Mm -hmm. and she was just playing that innocent card I was just like (laughs) it's very interesting because there was a lot of it was confusing like when the snow queen froze her it's Mm -hmm. like Zelina you you should have seen that coming yeah and it was like was that a real curse that happened and did she actually freeze and that's why they had to leave her was that part of Selena's plan or were they in cahoots or something Mm -hmm. we're never gonna know and so these are some unclarified questions Mm -hmm. um I I did think that uh the whole like uh you know her pretending to be Marion and getting pregnant and everything definitely the most 
I think the most evil thing we've seen any character do on the show. Well, I mean, obviously Regina's killed a village and stuff, but that's fine. <laughs> that's normal. Uh, but but yeah, it was manipulative, and I mean, probably bordering on I don't know assault or something like that. And it, it's just like you know, last year in the marketing they advertised her as wicked, and yeah, that was probably the most wicked thing we've seen for yeah, sure. She definitely has Cora's genetics. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> um, do we have any questions? Anyone in particular? How do you think they like to Well, I love how we had the Queens of Darkness, and we talked yeah. about that. Boom, boom, boom. Uh-huh. Um, Maleficent's with Lily now, so she's kind of got like, her happy ending. It's like out of the picture. Cruella's gone. I don't know if that happy ending. I'm not sure. Ursula got hers. Okay, so we got one, two, three. Now, Zelina swoops in, and now <laughs> she has got what she wanted. She wanted the author to change her. It was interesting. Just kind of, she was waiting for that moment. And ta-da! Jump out from behind the, the curtain. And just, there she was. So... Yeah. yeah, I was almost disappointed though that uh, we're, we're getting the uh, kind of like reverse roles: heroes are villains, villains are heroes. Mm-hmm. Versus what they almost or they suggested towards the end of last week's episode, where they were going to do it, where Zelina never was in the story at all, because that would completely change things. Like, everything. Yeah. It, <laughs> 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 debatable. Debatable. Some people. Some people like the Wicked Arc. Some didn't. Like, yeah. what do you guys think? Did Did you guys like the original one, or did you guys like Do you guys like what has happened since she's been back this? Time? Better. The, original. the original has been great mm-hmm. um, because like her whole it's been interesting to see kind of her plan shift from like going back and killing um, Princess Ava and then now she just wants to go right for Regina and I thought what was so interesting about the arc last year is that if she had gone and killed Ava and she offered Rumpelstiltskin a chance to go and probably never give this boy. Ava's dead. Snow would not have been born. Emma would not have been born. Neil Balefire probably would have been living in the Enchanted Forest somewhere. Everything that we would have known would have disappeared within like two seconds. Like, it would have just shifted everything. Yeah, we actually, uh, if I don't know if any of you listen to Greetings from Storybrooke, the podcast we did, but we uh, did a series of episodes uh, during the hiatus called Once If, where we ran through a lot of these hypotheticals, and actually uh, reversed heroes and villains was one of them, uh, Zelina never being born was one of them, so, you know, if you want to hear those ideas explored in full with a big panel of people, don't go, just leave now and go download the episodes. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just, like, super interesting. Now she's like, I just want to make Regina's life a living hell, I just want everything to myself, and then now it seems like she's okay with having Robin. I mean, she's got all her baby kicks and everything, it's like... <laughs> Please, just get out of my face. Um, I, I'm actually looking forward to the finale tomorrow. I think it's going to be, like, really interesting to see, like, that mega shift. And I'll have to play it back a couple of times because it's, like, so weird to see um, the heroes being villains. And, like, I wonder how that's going to play out because you see, like, the backstory and then you see what's going on. Yeah. present day and so I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, it, it's a very it's a very fanfic idea though. Like like I and I mean I've read a lot of fanfics with similar things and they've mostly been bad. But you know, the ones <laughs> the ones people are professional writers and stuff, so I have confidence in them that it'll it'll be good. Yeah, people For are sure. really excited about the alternate yeah. universe. Yeah. I, I I know some people are kind of half and half on it because it seems like like Henry is going to be the main character of the episode, yeah. more or less. And people are kind of uneven on Henry. Some like him, some don't. But he's he's getting featured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, and I know that the backstory for the author is also a play in the finale. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's kind of he's smarmy. He's just a little <laughs> he's a little creepy, but then like mm-hmm. he kind of grows on me. Yeah, it, the quality of his voice. And I was just talking with Liz about this at breakfast, but I it, the quality of his voice kind of reminds me almost of Mickey Mouse, just because it's soft and kind. But then he can go <laughs> dark places too, for sure. Yeah, like he has a soft side for the villains because they've been pushed aside. Mm-hmm. But that's because he's partially responsible because he did kind of write some of the messed up things that altered, you know, Snow and Charming with Maleficent and, like, ruining Emma's relationship with her parents. And it's like, you're partial to blame. Mm-hmm. So don't say that the villains have been completely screwed over without your stupid little pen and ink and whatever. Yeah. He's in it, like, after the season's over, I definitely want to go back and rewatch uh, the half season from, focus more on him because I'm sure there's a lot of, like, meta narrative stuff there from the writers themselves uh, mm-hmm. in that character because I mean his goal is to make the story interesting so mm-hmm. far so far as we know and I mean obviously that's what they're doing in the writer's room and you know just like you know once upon a time every time a new episode comes out on Twitter people are like writers you suck blah 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, you know the yeah. villains are like author you suck I mean that's what I don't want to go off on thin ice here but uh, once upon a time fans are very passionate fans yes oh yeah and they are within an arm's length of any sort social media platforms, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Tumblr, Tumblr, you know. And so it's interesting that this season has been all about, it's not a, It's not about a ship, it's not about a character, it's about the author. The yeah. author is the most important part to this mm-hmm. whole story. And I think there must have been some type of, I know what we'll do. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah, well, they're, they, they were just like, uh, yeah. Um, one of the things, actually, when you're an author, one of the things that happens is your characters talk back to you a lot. Mm-hmm. And so one of the most important lines um, I've heard this whole season was Regina saying, it's my story. Mm-hmm. It's about me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it's like, I, that, I looked at that and went, you know, she's right. It's been her story up to this. She really has been the main character we've been following. Mm-hmm. And so now you flip them, and Rumpel's dictating stuff. So it looks like it's going to shift from being her story to being Rumpel's story, mm-hmm. which is going to put a very different twist. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's interesting, too, that... I wonder what it would be like if the Regina from season one would sit down with the Regina from season four, have tea, and talk about what happened and the different steps along the way. Because when you grow up with Disney and storybook character, story characters, you say, the villains are bad. That's it. Done. And you walk away and say, well, no, 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 wait a minute. They're, they're real people. They have a story. And so... It just, I've enjoyed, some people don't like, people love the evil queen, but I think it's fascinating to see their whole redemption arc, so. Yeah, evil isn't born, it's made, we all know that, and I think what attracts us to the villains is that they were just ordinary people once who had something horrible happen to them, and it made them who they are, and that they have this vulnerable side to them, and like they've been able to kind of hide that within themselves, but we see it, and it drives us towards the character. But don't you think Corella was the exception? Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was born that way. Evil it for the sake of being evil. she's like a mental case. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to ask your opinion about a certain character who's kind of like an in-between neutral, The Apprentice. So mm-hmm. if you remember the introduction of the author, we actually see him first as a peddler that yeah. Snow and Charming mm-hmm. meet. 
So I was wondering on your opinions of his, uh, the writer's choice to introduce him as in, like a character being another character. Like why that certain instance, why did the author need to kind of insert himself into the story just to get Ro just to get Snow and Charming on that path? Why not write another character? Well, and then The Apprentice, why did The Apprentice finally decide like, no, that you just made a terrible thing, like this mm -hmm. certain incident, I mean like, forbid, like you just sent a baby to another realm, but it's like, the Elfire went to another realm, like why stop there? Well, I think uh, the, whole, the whole peddler thing that the author did, that's, it feels very much like a fairy tale kind of trope. You know, you run into a random uh, traveler on your way and he sends you off on your adventure sort of thing. So I, I think it was really just the author playing with like, you know, that whole, you know, hero's myth thing, the inciting incident and uh, kind of playing off the tropes on that. Yeah, and like, you know, his burning desire is to make an interesting story. And, you know, I think it would be interesting for him to maybe insert himself and manipulate everyone around him. And it would give him power. And for The Apprentice, I mean, for the longest time, I'm like, I feel like he's going to be the sorcerer. Mm -hmm. Because every time someone would ask him a question, he would respond, like, within, like, one second. He would say, like, the sorcerer does not need this, that, or the other. And it's been very interesting. And I know that we're going to see him tomorrow night, I'm assuming. So yeah. I know we're going to meet the sorcerer as well. So Excellent. Oh, they said that directly? Yeah, they said Excellent. that he's going to show up and he better be good. <laughs> I, I think that the author wrote that part for the apprentice and locked him into that because he was not surprised. He said, oh, I've been waiting for you. So, I mean, it was like set. But I think, I think you're right. I think the author left his part open. And he said, I'll do what I want. I'll be a peddler. Yeah. You know, so because he was living, right? He was still living his life and not writing at all. But, yeah. yeah. It's been a very interesting. I mean, I've been trying to rewatch season four. And, like, right from the get-go, it's, like, finding the author. And it's kind of always been there. And now to know that there are numerous authors, that's something I think that they maybe should open up because they might be responsible for something we don't know. Yeah, I'd definitely like to see some uh, past authors, or if nothing else, like the selection process, how they how they pick the author. Because, mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, a lot of power in his hands. I mean, yeah. especially, you know, he can uh, manipulate the apprentice and stuff, too. Like, uh, one thing, uh, it, my, like, my grand theory uh, for this season is I think that the author and the apprentice and... The Dark One and all this other stuff are, are job titles that were created by the sorcerer because he's trapped down there, right? And I think the person, the biggest, I think the biggest villain uh, that's going to be revealed tomorrow night's episode is Blue. I think she trapped the, the uh, sorcerer down there so he couldn't, you know, affect the world. So he, you know, conscripted, you know, the author, the Dark One, the Savior, all these buzz. Uh, to kind of uh, free himself from that underground. She uh, is the most shady person. Oh, for sure. I have ever seen. Like, it's just very, very funny. Like, mm -hmm. for someone who says, "Oh, I'm so pure. Like, I have fairy dust." Uh, you know, it's been like an amazing journey to see Regina, her character development, huge. Like, season one, she's like, "I want to kill all of you." Season two, it's like. I want to kill you a little less now. Season three, she kind of, you know, discovered that her family, Henry and then Robin, um, they were more important and that was worth fighting for. And especially with the Zelina, Regina butting heads. And I remember Blue, like, is always like, she's the evil queen. Like, can we move past that? Like, mm -hmm. 
you can't just like put labels on somebody. It's very frustrating. And I think that's what like putting the label of a villain on someone, they're not going to overlook that. It's just like you're a villain and then mm -hmm. that's kind of the end of that. Yeah. Well, she knows a lot too. Like she knew that there was two seats in the <laughs> wardrobe to go through. She knew a bunch of, she knew about the, the bean portal thing. So it's, mm -hmm. when somebody knows that much about things, I'm yeah. kind of like, you're in on something. Uh, so. Yeah, I would definitely uh, go go back and look at Blue's appearances throughout Snow's life too. There's a lot of manipulation. I think she might have been working with Johanna to uh, ruin Snow's life, but that's another theory. Well, yeah. and, and I feel bad about Dreamy too. Dreamy was having a great life, she all like love and everything. She goes, no, no, before you leave town, you can't do that because you're not, a dwarf. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And see. That's been like a main thing. Like you can't do this because you have been labeled as this person. Right. And it's there. It feels like there is no way to change that. That is just who you are, and that's not it. And I think it's been very interesting to see Rumpelstiltskin's development as well. Right until like the mid-season finale of season three, he sacrificed himself. He gave everything up so he could save the people he loved. And then after that, it was like all hell breaks loose. It was him looking to keep his power and keeping what he wants, and that's what really got him in a spot. Well, I, I think uh, with Rumple especially, like I, I, I think a big part of what he's been doing since he came back to life and everything is just kind of like because he made that big sacrifice and everything, and then you know he got his reward, he got to come back, but then he lost everything. He lost his son, he lost his power position in the town and everything, and I, I think he's just frustrated. <laughs> yeah, and see, I was paying attention when Belle and Neil were resurrecting Rumple, they were resurrecting the Dark One. They were not resurrecting Rumpelstiltskin. So I feel like he would be more prone to having his darker impulses than being his more human side. So, um, any questions? Anything? Any talk? Yeah. I just wanted to add to your comment about Regina, but I, I really agree with you, and I feel like of all the characters in the, in the series, her character has grown the most. Mm -hmm. um, all the characters in her arc has been the most amazing. I remember when the, the show first started, I thought she was a B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> I hated her. I hated the Evil Queen. And then as the show progressed, I'm just like, I love her. I want her to be with Robin so bad. You know, I really root for her now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just it's come. Her character's come a long way. Mm -hmm. And. Well, I was going to say, I think your comment about it would be interesting to see a tea between mm -hmm. season one Regina and season four Regina. Season one Regina would not listen to season <laughs> That's four. Right. That's right. That's right. It still would be great. Would <laughs> Almost be great conversation. Right, right. Yeah. And I really, I really like how far she's come. Like, she's been able to not kill Zelina. She's been able to accept this and that it is what it is. And see, season one Regina would probably just like kill Marion all together, say, I want what I want, and that would be the end of it. And so for her to, uh, see her darkest impulse and walk away that's like a major accomplishment for her mm -hmm. well Regina kind of set the new the new normal for being a redeemed light magic user because with the whole Zelina thing mm -hmm. they said well wait you can't do that you're a hero she goes maybe maybe tomorrow I, I was did a good thing right now but don't hold me to it and lately she's been doing things that aren't heroic but she had to do it. So it's, it's interesting to watch her play by her rules and kind of breaking the norm of what a hero is and what a villain is. Depends on the situation. 
and that. That's why we talk about it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And also something I was thinking about is I wonder when we are going to get a backstory on Will Scarlet. Because, mm, right. yeah. Oh, well, did you see the one time Wonderland? Oh, yeah. I watched it, yeah. Okay, so is it, do you think they're going to bring in his love interest from the actual show into this one? Or do you think that he's just, they're going to eliminate her like 100% and it's just be him and My wife hopes so. <laughs> I actually saw, uh, there's a, a Facebook Once Upon a Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that. I think that Adam and Eddie are going to tackle that character next, next season. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're, they're going to get mm-hmm. to it. They just cut it this season. Yeah. They just give him five minutes every three episodes this season. Call it a day. Right. Like, I actually think he... I, I, I've been thinking that Will is related to the author, and the reason last half season he was in the library was because he knows there's a connection between books in these alternate realms, and so he's trying to find a way back to Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was really interesting. Like I thought like, oh my gosh, he's he's pretty irrelevant. Like we see him every now and then, he does something stupid, he gets punched by Captain Hook. That's just how it goes. <laughs> and it it's like he's just kind of there as a plot device right now. And a good kisser. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We're just gonna pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> a means to for Rumple to come off as the better person. <laughs> yeah, um, but I I'm not really sure like how to feel them pushing his storyline like farther into season five because I mean we already have so many questions now. Yeah. It's like by the time we get to season five, we're like, okay, I thought you were gone. Like, bloody hell. I know. I didn't. I, 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 it would be nice to like get some answers, especially with Wonderland. Hmm. I don't know why they brought him in general, but. And where's the white rabbit? Any yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Cora borrowed him last week. Yeah. I don't know if she gave him back, but she may have locked him someplace somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, like it would be interesting to see that backstory and like how he got here. And, um, one thing, I mean, the writers do such a great job about backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, we're always going to figure it out. And the one thing we didn't find out was how Will and Belle became Will and Belle. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was like, it was like, hold on a minute. So Regina can't get over her, like, two-week boyfriend, but you can get over the love of your life in, like, six weeks. Okay, then. <laughs> um... It was very Well, very... he is pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to admit. If he weren't dating Belle, he would have been a lot cuter. But um, it, it's just like every now and then, like, he'll have these lines, and then, like, it'll go back to him being the plot device. And so it's mm-hmm. been very interesting to see that play out because I was very shocked when they said that they added him for season four. Well, he was the only character I really liked for Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I, I would like to see. Uh, what's that? Honestly, yeah, yes. she won me over by the end for and sure. I didn't like her at the beginning, but mm-hmm. I loved her. Yeah, actually, I think one of our podcast titles was Red Queen Redemption when I <laughs> turned over. But uh, no, I, I definitely, I, I think it would be cool, you know, while exploring Will's origin next season to maybe, uh, I don't know, bring some of our main cast characters over to Wonderland mm-hmm. for like a one or two episode arc, maybe bring back Jafar or something like that would be kind of fun. You have a question? I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, something I noticed with uh, August when he's explaining about the author is he mentions Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. So how does that work if the author's trapped in the book and he's still the author? Are they picking other authors while the current author is still trapped in the book? Hmm. Um, I think 
I, I got the impression yeah. that uh, that Walt was one of the like he, he created. I, I would assume that Walt was an author who created the movies as we know them, like the Cinderella animated movie, the Snow White animated movie. Where while, while this author went off in a completely different direction. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and it's what but, we know and love, mm. and then how he's manipulated it. And the fact that he's trapped in the book means he's not actually adding to the book. The story stops mm. at a certain point when he got trapped. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 the original book, the last thing that was in there when Henry showed to Emma was Emma and the baby blanket. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't recall seeing anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. So that means he must have been trapped around that same time, mm-hmm. which means that he can't write anything further. He can't record what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like what the apprentice of August was saying, that there have been multiple authors. They're kind of like in a little factory, like writing stories. <laughs> and, sweatshop. Yeah, they'll just like pull one out and say, you know, you need to record this. And it's been very interesting because there are two different sides about recording, like they, for the villains especially, saying that the author made them this way. Well, if the author was doing its his or hers correct job they would have just been recording what has happened what you've done on your own Mm -hmm. so that's been like i think a really interesting topic to cover like for the season because at the same time yes isaac was held responsible for what happened to snow and charming but we can't see anything like beyond that we have no actual evidence that he was held responsible for anything else Mm -hmm. Even though he said he did love writing the characters. It's kind of the TV show's version of, of uh, the discussion of free will versus fate. Mm-hmm. 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 And I've heard speculation that Henry might become the new yeah, there's been a lot of uh, speculation towards yeah. that. Yeah, see, actually, I thought I, the episode Heroes and Villains, the one called Heroes and Villains from last half season, I thought they kind of, when Regina finds the page in the library and everything, I thought they made the a very clear thematic statement that it is about free will. It's not about, like, some magical author manipulating things. And then they just dovetailed in and did a whole story on how the author's affecting things. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it was, because, you know, for the book, I mean, it just showed up, like, one day when you needed it most. And so it was very interesting to, you know, see that one page. It's like, oh, you know, that was the fan fiction I was kind of working on. (laughs) And, like, how there is a possibility to reverse that, but it's going to, like, shift everything, like, no matter what. It's so difficult to find heroes and villains, like, coexisting together and both getting the happy endings. It's not going to be 100% perfect. Yeah. And did you have a comment? Yeah, I remember now. Okay. <laughs> um, so I want to go back to the, uh, Will. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch Once Upon a Time once, so I don't have that perspective. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of like his relationship with Belle because, he, you know, she... Rumpel was a, a, an emotional abuser to Belle. He emotionally abused her and took advantage of her trust. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. If this was real life, anybody would be like, you need to leave him. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the honest truth. So, um, so I think that Will is good for her, and, and hopefully, you know, whatever happens, happens. But, like, I just think it's, it's good that she has someone that's making her happy right now because Rumpel has not been doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it makes sense because, I mean, I, I, in my personal life, people I've known and stuff, a, a lot of times when there's, like, a really bad breakup, the next person they end up dating is the complete opposite. And so, you know, someone as complex and dark and complicated as Rumpelstiltskin, yeah, you're going to go for a simple, nice guy like Will, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's been very interesting to see how I was reading an interview, and, you know, you thought, oh, this relationship is going to go where it goes. And Eddie Kitts has just said, you know, fairy tale characters have their rebounds too. It's like, 
it would have been nice to get like a little bit of like how they met instead of landing, you know, like Rumple, like watching them kiss and him like falling apart and having a little meltdown and everything. I, I like to think that Will broke into the library drunk again and Belle found him there in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. My angel is here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to know what puts a book into play. What's going to turn off the Once Upon a Time book and turn on the Heroes and Villains book? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean he's writing it, but it's like the other book is still mm-hmm. in yeah. in existence. Also, is that room in the Sorcerer's Mansion, mm-hmm. the writing room, with all those blank books, mm-hmm. what, what goes on in there? So... Actually, that might be a really good idea. Both books were in play, and one's corrected the other. Wow. And going yeah. back and forth. Well, I, I, think, I think a part of the reason they're bringing Henry in is kind of the perspective character. He's a fairy tale character who was born in the real world, so he probably gets excluded from the story, or like he gets skipped out of it somehow. Mm-hmm. And as, so, so that's probably why he's around and able to go and affect these things. But it, oh, go ahead. Um, so because Brunkle's dictating a story to the author, mm-hmm. um, and we've already known that magic can't bring back the dead, but if rewriting the story, could he rewrite Bay or a new version of Bay into the story? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, because it's, it's, I mean, it's basically changing the whole timeline, right? Yeah. So, so Would I, the author bring back Corello then? Because Corello was like his love. I, I think so. Maybe bring yeah. her back a little yeah. less cruel. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, Rumple definitely uh, dictated the story. I have a feeling that the author, and it's still really what's his real personal motivation in this besides Cruella, but I'm sure he probably slipped in some special sauce, you know, in between yeah. the lines. <laughs> oh, you were saying. I, I love the author because... He loved a strong, sort of crazy woman. <laughs> but he said, she loved me in her own way. He understood her. And it's like, <laughs> most everyone that would see him at a party is like, why are you with her? And he was like, no, 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 she's okay. She's just a little nutty, you know. But it just, it was kind of sweet uh, hearing him talk about her after she was dead. I don't know, it was just, I don't know, just... That author, he's something. He's, he's wacky. Yeah. 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 He found love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, like, he's a human. He feels the same things that we do, and he's just, you know, he has his title as the author. It doesn't make him, like, any different. And I want to go back to what you were saying about the books. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, if writing this new book... Does that cancel out the other one? Like, what, how does that go into play exactly? It's very questionable. It's like one of the preview clips addresses this, but I'm biting my tongue right now. I don't know. Should I say something? Well, I was going to say the same thing. Am I allowed to say it? Okay, you say it. You say it. I don't want to say it. You say it. Okay, so is everyone okay if I talk about one of the previews? Nope. Yeah. Okay, I'm, well, it's the one that we don't know. Right. Well, let, let me find a way to say... It, it looks like it, it's a scene from the first five minutes of the episode of that. Yeah. It, it, so. reviews, it, it reveals an idea mm-hmm. that suggests, correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. that's our different interpretations, <laughs> that in everything we're talking about with the author, has he been influencing the stories, or is it he stops at a certain point and then their actions take over and their choices take over? He makes a comment much like you were just talking about, about the fact that he has had to sit on the sidelines and watch all these things happen. To me, it suggested that he hasn't been 
as manipulative in the story so far as we may have thought mm -hmm. seeing his smarmy appearance and learning about him. Yeah. It appears, at least from the preview, that he, he is the one who literally wants to rewrite the story. Mm -hmm. And the way it unfolds suggests, at least to me, mm -hmm. that that does supersede and take over from what the previous book did, because it gives the appearance mm -hmm. that we're going down a particular situation that we've gone down in the past that yeah. kind of negates mm -hmm. everything else, and now we have a new something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely. So I don't know if that was horribly vague or if it protected you or not, but it just seems like the author maybe wasn't manipulating so much before because of a statement he makes in this particular preview. Yeah, yeah, and I, I will say that I, especially last week's episode, like I was saying, the special sauce he wants to put in between the lines, like it seemed like last episode he was like, okay, whoever's going to rewrite this book, I just need to get my stuff in there. Okay, Regina, you're going to do it. Okay, Rumpel, you're going to do it. I don't care. Someone rewrite this story. But I, I, one other thing that kind of came across in the preview clip, to me anyway, was that the author kind of has to, like you said, sit by the sidelines and let the events as written play out for them to become hard and set and permanent. Kind of like a, a what is it in Doctor Who, like soft time and hard time, kind of, it, kind of the same kind of thing. It has to play out completely before it's official and it takes over the old book, more or less. Oh, good. Sorry, I have a question. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Her, her statement made me curious. I was thinking about this while she's discussing. Um, how, where does the author begin and, and free? Like, where's the free will versus what the author controls? Like, because there's free will and there's summer, right? So where does one end and one begin? I don't know. That's a, it's pretty big. What do you think, guys? Well, I think maybe it's how someone is set up. Is it nature or nurture? If you put someone in a good situation, how are they going to act? And Or you put them in an awful situation, are they going to become stronger or fall to the negative whatever? I mean, that's kind of that's another interesting way to look at it too. Maybe he didn't write the whole story. Maybe he started it and then it just kind of spiraled out and it's like look, it's what they did. It's, it's their life, their decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole choice thing has really been baked into this story the whole time anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that could be. And well. his comments early on that his job is to record, right. mm -hmm. not to influence. Mm -hmm. So if that is the case, then I, I, personally, I think you're right on the mark. Yeah. But he leads them to, you know, he writes this, but if, they're, if Emma's in not the best situation, she started off in fairy tale land. She ends up in foster care around people who are a bit surly and, mm -hmm. you know, and the choices go down a road yeah. that he records, not necessarily that she was meant, you know, he wrote for her. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's always, like, that talk about fate. Like, there's something that is just bound to happen, mm -hmm. and you can't control that. Like, if you put these new characters in a situation, something is bound to happen that should happen, because that's just mm -hmm. the way it is. Yeah, and it, it feels almost like the past, or especially... Uh, the episode where they go and pick up Lily and stuff, where they're making fate another thing. Like the author has been, you know, all these seasons, just a, a force a little bit above all the other forces, putting a wolf in the middle of the road, for example. So it's like, okay, we, we got a clear picture of the author, but we still need a mysterious guy above. <laughs> yeah, it's been. You have a question? Um, so I was thinking about it. So he ends the story, um, once upon a time, he ends it by saying, Rumple awaits. And then he goes off and writes the different story. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that he has hundreds of these books stacked up in the library. Mm -hmm. What if he's just going to write each story from a different perspective? 
Because first, Regina says that it's my story, so that could be Regina's perspective, mm. Rumpel's perspective, and then next could be Emma's, Snow's, Charming Henry's, mm. any of their perspectives, really. So Yeah, that, that could, I mean, I think it would be a fun idea for them to do, like, go back and do an, ep- an episode that we've, they've done previously, but from another character's perspective, one we didn't get to follow or one we might not have known as much information about. You know, I think I think that would be a fun kind of fanfic idea for them to do. Isn't that life? Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Honestly? If ten people see a car accident, mm-hmm. we're all going to see ten different things. Because we're all really looking for ten different things. And so my my story, my my view of it is going to be different than yours or somebody else. I didn't see that. Or I didn't feel that way. Best application is an argument, right? Well, you know, you said this. No, that's what you heard. I never said that. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, the different... Stories. Yeah, it really calls to mind too that saying that uh, the best villains are ones who are the heroes of their own story, and uh, I, th- I think you know you see a lot of that too, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, and it's so difficult to see how the author is going to give every villain as he's trying to do a happy ending, and that's what we saw like in the promo for last su- last Sunday's episode. Like mm-hmm. the villains finally get their happy ending, like you said about you know, per- perspective and everything. Howard, I mean, for each villain to get their happy ending, something needs to be done, and that's going to shift everything. Mm-hmm. See, I, I kind of think almost thematically where, where they're going to go with the episode, and, you know, I'll probably be wrong, but I, I think what they're going to do is they're going to give the villains their happy endings, and then they're still going to screw them up because they're still the same person at the end of the day, and uh, yeah. then Henry's going to have to fix everything. Well, let's, let's talk about... <laughs> Let's talk about one happy ending in particular. Do you remember the episode when after it was Welcome to Storybrooke mm-hmm. and Regina walks into Gold Shop and says, I, this is driving me crazy. No one's talking to me. No one's arguing with me. They're just they're just following everything I want. And he said, that's what you wanted. That's what you wanted. And she just said, this is I can't, This is not what I wanted. But yeah, that's exactly what you wanted. So, I mean, everybody getting their happy ending, I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. Every, you know, every villain, because maybe one villain wants the others destroyed. I mean, in that, anyway. In that, like, contradicts one. Right. right. Um, well, I think, yeah, we're pretty much right on schedule. I'd like to thank everyone for coming to the panel, and I'd like to thank my fellow panelists for being really involved. Um, hopes for a finale. I think I hope... We know we have a season five, so I think it's going to be a real game changer for mm, our next yep. season. I can't wait to see where we go with it next. Yeah, and if you, if you like me and Jeff, we're both going to be on uh, the Greetings from Storybrooke panel tomorrow at 4 p.m. It's like the last one before the last 45 Spacer concert, then we watch the finale. Please come. There's prizes. Yeah. We might sing something. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you.